This episode of the Rad Broadcast is brought to you by Tech2U. Tech2U strives to deliver superior technical services from professional and friendly staff while maintaining their principles of credibility, accountability, and customer service as they grow. With locations all over Northern California, Southern California, and Las Vegas, Tech2U provides in-shop repair, mobile services for residential and business, and remote service provided online. Tech2U repairs everything ranging from printers, scanners, screen repair, motherboards, keyboards, touchpads. They'll even recycle electronics. Visit www tech2u.com that's tech the number two u.com or call 888-340-8324 that's 888-340-8324 for tech2u the rad Testies. Testies. You like testies, don't you? I do like testies. Testies are great. Mm-hmm. Except final testies. You got to really study for those. Yeah. <laughs> or midterm testies. Saggy testies. Do you prefer taut testies or saggy testies? Taut. Taut testies? Yes. Me yes. too. Yes. There's I mean, I'll I'll love your your testes no matter where they sag or how old they get. You'll love my testes no matter where they go? Yeah. Oh wow. Thank you. Very sweet. Part of my job is your wife. To take care of my testes. No, to love them. No matter where they fall. Correct. Good girl. <laughs> so what are we doing here? Uh, we're sitting in your studio. That's right. It's my studio. That's right. (laughs) Do you want to do a podcast with me? Sure. You said you've got some questions for me. I have a whole list of questions. Really? They're, they're thought provoking, you know, inner self kind of questions. Oh, that's good. Going to dive deep into my body. I'm going to reach in there and tickle pretty deep. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I actually wrote, I almost wrote giggity after one of the questions just because it it could have sounded so bad. So you, you've, you've actually sectioned out each question with a different color. Yeah, I, well, I sort of started that halfway through because I realized that all of the ones on top was like, oh, that looks like one big question. So, yeah, I started to, yes, that would be me. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in to the uh, Rad Podcast. Uh, I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Dawn Show. And uh, let's just get right to it. I've got my wife, my lovely wife, Haley, in here. She's waving to you. Hello. She can't. I don't do radio. This that's right. I'm in your world. Clearly, I'm if waving. you're waving Hello. at people on the radio, Hi. they can't see you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me and helping me out with this, because uh, I got some emails that we've kind of been schluffing off since I've been having so many guests on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I got to get back to them. I got I got they got really important questions here that I need to help them out with. But I can't be the only one helping them out. So I decided to have my wife, who's got a pretty strong female opinion. Um, now, <laughs> that's, that's one way of putting it. Dawn will uh, obviously complain that I didn't invite her to be on the podcast because she's a female, too. But, you know, I've got to give her the day off. She, after the show, she leaves. And I'm going to put 
my wife to work. But Finally. She's, well, she's not on her knees. <laughs> um, so where do you want to start? You want to start with these questions that dig deep into me? No, let's start with the uh, the emails. That okay, you've good. Been yeah, passing off since I've been holding off these, on these for these so long. Poor people have been waiting on you. These poor people, including Lisa, she says, "Help! How do I tell someone they are a bad kisser? Like really bad, uh, all tongue to the point I didn't know what to do with my mouth." Do you have any advice? Any thoughts? Bad kissing. Oh man, I've I've been there. Have you been there? I've been there. In fact, I was somebody's first kiss. Ooh. And it was it was junior prom too. I went to his junior prom at I think it was Casa Roble. Uh, I think it's Casa Roble. Roble. Oh my my apologies. It's okay. Uh just take it for the resident Hispanic who knows how to speak such things. So let's go to Nerdville back when ICQ and AOL were the only way for a homeschooler like I. To meet people. Well, that's how. That's what I used. I used yeah. AOL, AIM, or AIM. AIM. Oh uh, yeah, you called it AIM. No, I never called it AIM. You, you lie. You AOL, totally instant it AIM. messenger, instant messenger is, I think, what I called it. Yeah. It was. I went between that one and the Yahoo Messenger, yeah. and you had to be in the elite nerd status area to have ICQ. That's all I used. Yeah. So you were the elite. I, nerd. I was the. <laughs> oh. I lived for that sound. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I have a program on one of my computers here at the studio that I use to like upload files to the website, mm-hmm. and it uses that that sound. I've, I've heard it, and I, I think I stopped you and went, "Um, are we still using ICQ?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't even nope. think that platform's available anymore. Is it? No, I maybe. I, you know, I I don't know. I. A lot of these, I, I think they just recently got rid of rid of AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah, I don't know why it was still around, but apparently I read a headline that said that uh, they just recently abolished it. Man, we we were like the the ultimate trolls as far as AOL was concerned because we'd go to AOL and we would find the people that we wanted to talk to. And we would convince them to download ICQ, and then we would take them off AOL and go to ICQ. Oh, so you convert them? Yeah, we would. Like, and I would create these perfect lists of people I like to talk to for every instance. Like, then they were pen pals. It was truly just like I was a teenager. I wasn't thinking with my vagina. So, yeah. Um, and then I well, so back to the bad kissing. I met this really. He was a really nice guy. Um, he's a nice guy. He's a, he's I swear. A nice guy. Very nice. Um, had explained to me that he'd never kissed anybody and he didn't have a date to prom and it was his junior prom and it was a big deal for him, pictures and everything. Uh, and they, out of all of his friends, he was the only one that didn't have a date. And we were just talking. We were just, like I said, pen pals. And so I offered to go on the date with him and I dusted off one of my sister's, uh, old prom dresses. And... So this guy you had never met in person before. Uh, no. You've only communicated specifically just through ICQ or Messenger or whatever? Truly just through Messenger. Never swapped any pictures to see what each other looked like? We knew what each other looked like. It it wasn't like, it wasn't a blind date. date. Oh God, a blind prom date. That's steep. That's gambling. Yeah, no kidding. I don't gamble. So, um, I know we can't afford it. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder whose fault that is. I'm just kidding. No, that's, that's really just a joke. Um, I <clears throat> I knew going into it that he had definitely wanted to learn how to kiss a girl. And I thought, okay, well, let's see how this goes. And even as friends, you know, I can at least teach somebody or help him. Um, it, it, again, 
lovely date. Everybody was nice, fun, dancing, dinner. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. So uh, we go back to my house just because he's got to drop me off anyway. And we came into my bedroom and we just kind of sat down and, and he was like, okay, I, I'd really like to learn how to kiss someone you I'd like and and man he came in open mouth over mine no tongue did had no idea the anatomy of a kiss yeah so I had to cut I had to like push him up and be like okay hold on now the problem I have a few questions for the letter writer um well, she can't answer because she That's wrote. That's true. And this was actually written on April 29th, so it's been almost a month since oh she's posted God. this. Uh, my only benefit was knowing that he didn't know how to kiss, and he had told me that and expressed that to me, and I was there to kind of coach him in a way. Um, I don't know how well I did because I don't think he improved. But how old is this person? How like how old are you? At? What are we talking? Is this somebody that hasn't ever had a good kiss and like... Like, I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, so I, it, based on what we know, which isn't much other than it's just a really bad kiss, and it, it could be that they're, they're very well into their adult age yeah. and that he's just never had somebody coach him or he just hasn't had a lot of experience. And that a lot of the cases that may be. But I think that her, Lisa's approach should be, because she's asking for advice and what yeah. to do, if you really like this person and you want to keep them around and the kissing is like the only problem, then take the lead. Yeah. Be like, the coach. Easy. It just be like, look, I'm, I'm, and I know this is, it's one of those uncomfortable conversations you have to have if you want. I mean, because a kiss is kind of important to me. Like it's, it seals the deal on the marriage. Like you'd want it to be good. Well, a kiss sealed the deal for us. That like I wouldn't let you into my house unless we had a good kiss. <laughs> That's actually a true story. I know he might tell I brought you. It up. He might tell you that he took me home, but technically I took him home. Yeah, I needed a ride. But that's true. But but he did make me stop, and he was like, "Wait!" He actually stopped me. He unlocked the door, held the handle, looked at me, and stopped and said, "Wait a minute." kissed me and then let me in the house <laughs> yeah i had to make sure I, I didn't want to go in there and that be like you know wicked tongue or one of those really small little pursed lip like mm, oh god mm, mm, or like yeah like a really mm. stiff like stick my tongue into your yeah almost like a through a pinhole no 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 no, no. no oh, oh god no, we had oh, we man. had we had to make sure that it was all kosher before we got in there and Clearly, five years later, that's, Absolutely. that kiss was a was a done deal. And I think our kisses have evolved over time. And they do. And maybe you know, Lisa, maybe you've evolved in a in a way that the your partner has not yet. And again, I think that the best way to help somebody out of a bad kissing situation is to train them into yeah. the way that you like to kiss. Now, there that might not or, work with him or her because we don't know yeah. who you're kissing. Um, but I mean, it just I, well, I feel like if you take the reins and you just be like, okay, a little less tongue here, a little more suckling on the knit lip oh, here, a little slow dance, a little you know, open mouth but uh -huh. not too open, a little oh. more sensual, maybe uh -huh. use a little more more yeah. saliva if you yeah. want, you know, like lube things up. Yeah, how, do, how would you? How would you if you're going to write like a, a manual on how to operate a kiss? Like how how like what would be the steps that you take? Like. 
Uh, me for me? Yeah. No, how I mean, like, I? if you were going to, like, write it down, like, think about that. Like, how do you describe to somebody, like, how to have a good kiss? Like, is it with tongue? Is it without tongue? Is it a little tongue? Is it a lot of tongue? Is it a soft tongue? Is it a hard tongue? Is it a stiff tongue? Is it a little? It's kind of like a little bit of spit, but not a lot of spit. Like, definitely not as much as if I was going down on you. Right. But, like, you almost just kind of want to pet the tongue with the other tongue, right? Yeah. And you don't want to keep, you don't want to go swimming in the other person's mouth with your tongue. You don't want to force feed your partner your tongue. But you know, the unless same, they want it. Unless that's what, they, what you're into. There's a and time what you and a want. place for that. And that's where you can't just, I can't just sit here and write down the manual for right. a perfect kiss because every single person is different. Everybody enjoys a different type of kiss. So maybe she, maybe Lisa, you just need to grab your partner by the face and be like, stop. Yeah. Just, just settle down for a second and watch me or yeah. feel this. Feel. Just don't move. I'm going to do this on the back of your hand or, or just grab the face and just say, just mimic what I do and just relax. And like a hand, you're going to hold, yeah. meet my tongue somewhere in the middle. If you even I, want tongue. Yeah. I mean, sometimes obviously. you don't want tongue. If you want just like a nice, sweet, like the morning. Yeah. The peck, the morning peck. It, you know, how. <laughs> Obviously, there are different, very, you know, variations of kisses, but I think that Brandon's right. Just take the lead and just say, okay, look, I adore you. I think this is, <laughs> that's really distracting, by the way, especially when you're looking right at him. <laughs> I, I think the best way would be try this and say that. Just say, let's just try this kiss. Yeah, that's pretty good. I hope we helped, Lisa. I mean, we, we did wait to a little while to, to answer your question. This was posted on our Rad Podcast group, which can be found on Facebook. If you just search Rad Podcast and it comes up with the group, if you haven't joined already, just click to ask to join. We'll, um, we'll uh, approve you immediately, and uh, we'll get you into these conversations. But, Lisa, hopefully somebody has helped you in the Rad, Rad Podcast group already since we haven't gotten to this. But... I feel like this is a topical thing. I think a lot of people go through these types of issues, a lot of growing pains in relationships. And, sure. you know, so hopefully hopefully that helps and give you a little insight on how the Brandon's kiss. Um, you, you got a question for me? No, let's, no, no. Let's go. Let's are you sure? It. Yeah. Let's, uh, trust me. Let's go, with your, uh, let's, let's go with your emails. All right. Here we go. <laughs> uh, this next one is from Anthony. He says, just curious to know, just curious to know what others think. If you've been dating a girl or guy off and on for a couple of years and they take selfies with another guy or girl during a day trip, during an off time, and refuses to delete the pictures after reconnecting, pause in the letter. What I think he's asking is if you've been dating a girl off and on and during that off time that person takes selfies with other people, like say during a day trip to, to yeah. you know San Francisco or right. something, and then gets back together with you and refuses to take those pictures down from whatever social media platform after they reconnect it. That, that's where I'm, I I'm at you. now. Yeah, right? I, I, that's what I'm gathering. Okay, so back to the letter. Okay. Would you consider that disrespectful and inconsiderate? Keep in mind that they say it's a longtime friend and has known the person longer than you. That seems important. Okay, that is important. In my opinion, the pictures look way too comfortable and makes me feel very uneasy. Am I tripping, overthinking it? I feel it just doesn't look right and raises concerns. I think Anthony 
might be having some jealousy issues that might be rooted in the idea that the relationship isn't necessarily stable between the other person in the beginning. So you say jealousy, but I hear insecurity. I, I think both can kind of be well, I think they're hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely think, I think jealousy is an outward projection of your insecurities. So like if you, Brandon, if you and I were say dating on and off, which by the way, that's my biggest concern out of this email. Mm-hmm. It's not the pictures you're taking with people. And if you're in an off time, it's not disrespectful. It's their life. They're choosing to live it that way. Yeah, and they, those are their friends. And I would never, if Brandon had turned to me and said, before you and I had met, I don't really, I, I mean, I don't know this person that well. And I see these, you know, these selfies of you two together and you're just too comfortable. Well, are you jealous for their relationship that you seem to lack with that person? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Because I don't think it's disrespectful I don't, and to have pictures of their friends up there. Um, especially if it's a longtime friend and they've known them longer than you, then it's just them living their life. Yeah. You can't control people and what they do on their quote unquote off time away from you because they still have a life to live. Now, unfortunately we live on a social media world and it's easy for us to read into these things in a microscopic way. Like, Oh, well, does this mean that, they ha- this person has more feelings for this longtime friend, and because they won't take the photos down, does that mean they care more for that person, right. even though now we're back on? I feel like, yes, there's so many insecurities and jealousy issues that go along with this relationship. I don't think that the pictures are the problem. No. I think the problem lies within the relationship and, yes. the, and the miscommunications and the on and off again. Like, if you're going to be in a relationship you either define it as well, we're just going to be bed buddies, or this is going to like it's it's it I, sounds very toxic to me to, to be in this on and off again thing because then you're opening yourself up to all of these scenarios that could cause more problems than it's worth. It actually gives me an anxiety the way that you read that email, the whole on and on on and off again thing. It reminds me of a relationship I used to have. I think we've all kind of we, been through some sure. of these these relationships, especially when we're younger, you know, and you're, mm. you know, between, you know, 18 and like 25, you get to this point where it's like, oh, I've been, th- you basically go through every bad possible relationship you could. You think you have. Well, you think you, some, some skate through and make it to the end and, you know, 20 years into their marriage, they find out their person is a horrible person. Mm-hmm. But if, if you're not, it doesn't sound like this relationship is really getting off the ground in the first place. Um, and yes, you may be attracted to somebody and you may have things in common with somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good for you. And it sounds like everything that's coming through, everything related to this relationship is just kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, it sparks an insecurity or it makes you think that, you know, this, why, like, why would you put yourself through that? Yeah. And you, I, I really dislike social media for these very reasons, because I feel like it creates more drama than is necessary because you can, you can sit there and you can flip through pictures of people's pasts and, and extrapolate your own scenarios in your own mind and awfulize everything so easily that you'll sit here and you will trip and you will overthink Anthony. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. And I think instead of overanalyzing the use of the pictures and the lack of taking them down, you should more, you should better communicate with this on and off again person and figure out exactly 
where they fall in your circle or in your relationships. Yeah, I think I think the other part that's missing for me uh, as far as relationship situations is the social media. I've always been very private about my social media. And I think that that's another um, subjective matter where what do you use your social media for? Is it to announce your relationship status? Is it to show off your relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, and it maybe it's that you feel like she or he or she spends too much time posting pictures of other people, putting them above you, which is probably not necessarily the case, but it's how you view social media and how it's being used by your partner. I think that could have a big role in, uh, in what you're feeling and why you're feeling it as well. Hopefully that helped you out, Anthony. And hopefully You've uh, figured out what this on and off again person is in the meantime, since we haven't gotten to get to your letter in a few weeks. So <laughs> thanks for holding out and uh, waiting for that response. And thank you, Haley. You're much better than at, at expressing these things than I am. That's why I have you on here. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he expected that. I want you to know that. I did. I, I got was a waiting. side eye. I was, ba- I was baiting it. <laughs> she took it. All right, the next one comes from, uh, you know what, I'm going to leave this one anonymous. Uh, She says, hey fam, I'm going through a breakup right now and having trouble with dreams about my ex. I'm fantastic during the daytime. I've been seizing lots of opportunities to spend time with friends and enjoy myself. But every night, I have some dream about him and wake up feeling shitty. Any thoughts? Any advice? By the way, I'm not into casual sex and partying, so please no suggestions of that nature. Well, I'm out. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think. Um, hmm. There's, I I, never... there's another like I have I have a lot of questions. I usually have questions. Yeah. Um. So I would go through and I don't know if I ever expressed this to you um, for anybody out there who doesn't know when Brandon and I met, I was actually going through a divorce. Um, to tie in the social media thing, I still have pictures of my first wedding on my Facebook page because I have friends in it and I have family oh, in it. And, and it didn't bother me oh one bit. Oh my God, it happened. And I wouldn't be who I am if it didn't. That's right. But um, I think... She's motioning for the I, for the letter. I, think I, I just, I want to just... She needs a recap. Okay. It's, I assume that they're bad dreams. I would have dreams even when I was with Brandon. Uh, I, I would wake up in his bed, in his house. I mean, way No clothes after, on. None ever. Uh, <laughs> There's no clothes on allowed in our No, bed. it's a, it's the you know, it's pants off when you get in the door. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would have these nightmares where I would wake up. Um, in my dream, I would wake up to being in bed with one of my exes, usually my ex-husband. And I would start this like, wait a minute, because I would have all these memories of Brandon and I would start to panic. And I didn't I, I didn't know what to do because I didn't feel like telling him was a good idea. I didn't want him to assume that I'm waking up and feeling like I have regret or or I miss my ex or anything because it was, believe me, none of those things. It was simply that I was still dealing with my emotional trauma on the inside that my body had to just kind of work through and my brain had to work through. And probably there's a lesson there to be learned and you just aren't picking it up real quick. Mm. It's usually like I I like to think that our dreams 
they are our emotions and our thoughts that replay in our head at night. It's a way of our brain kind of like our brain cleans itself at night. That's why, um, you know, people with like Alzheimer's and dementia tend to be more clear, like in the morning and, you know, after they've slept is your brain clears all that stuff. So I think that what you're trying to do is just kind of, um, sort through what happened. Mm-hmm. I assume that they're probably bad dreams because well, she's waking up feeling shitty. Then right. That's probably, or she's just got such a bad taste in her mouth from that experience that even though the dream might be a positive experience within itself, but yeah. when she wakes up, she's like, Oh, I don't, don't want to be thinking about him anymore. Right. Right. And I, and it's totally fair. And I was, so totally happy with Brandon. I mean, obviously, I'm still here. She has to say that because she's do. on the podcast. He actually believes that any kind of compliment I give him is obligatory, and I have to remind him that I'm not your mother. And she's I chose, biased. I chose to, and I chose to marry you. I choose to be with you every day because I love you. Mm-hmm. I see what you don't. But anyway, the um, I love you too. I, <laughs> It, it goes away. And I, I don't want to sound really cliche and repetitive by saying, like, just give it time and it gets better with time. But it does. And it sounds like it's pretty fresh. Um, I see that it was sent in a while ago, but um, it is. It's one of those things that I think you your body and your brain is just kind of emotionally trying to process. And that's just the way it's going. And, um, it, you know, like I said, just give it time. It will get better. Oh my God. It does get better. It does. It does. And I, I honestly, I, I firmly believe that dreams are kind of like a clearing house of, of, uh, of all the bad, dirty laundry that we've still got in our lives. That's why when we have like certain dreams, Walter, quiet, you've got to work. You can wait like 10 more minutes. Okay. Maybe 30. He doesn't know the difference. Exactly. Five more minutes. Shush. He's got doggy daycare coming up today. He's very excited. So I'm very sorry for the interruption. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> um, I, I think that dreams are our big clearing house for all that dirty laundry that we've got going on in our waking lives. And if you, you can interpret certain dreams in different ways, but I think that, I think that Haley's right. Not, I'm only, not only saying that because she's my guest here, but I also think that <laughs> You might be just working out some things that you, you're you not quite done working out yet. And maybe, maybe having like a dream journal, I know it sounds weird. And, no, that's and a sounds, great idea. Sounds I... like high school age type tactics. But I feel like if you write it down, yeah. especially right after you um, wake up and it's still fresh in your mind, you can process it. And even if it's just to write it down to get it out on paper and just get it out. You could still toss that piece of paper away, but at least you, you know, if you don't want to keep it for a keepsake, but I feel like it's a, it's a good part of processing it instead of just swimming in it in your mind. So Brandon tapped into something really smart, Giggity. um, probably by luck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, um, writing or keeping a dream journal, it's something that I've always had to do because I suffer from nightmares, really, really horrific, uh, you know, wake up crying and screaming nightmares. Yes, I'm aware. <laughs> I don't have an, I don't have them very often. Um, they feel more like experiences. And so what I found was um, not only keeping a dream journal of what the dream was and Brandon's right, kind of just write it down as soon as you can. That way you can remember as many details as you can because as, as the moments go on from you waking up, the more details are lost. Um, something I've studied a long time. I've always been obsessed with dreams. I've had so many like, what does my dream mean kind of book. 
Uh, but there's another aspect of the therapy part, which is writing a letter. And it's something that my therapist would tell me to do when I was going through a breakup or dealing with the death of a loved one. Um, it, or even just having an argument with somebody, I would sit down and write a letter of intent I, with the intention of giving it to them. Maybe what you need to say to this is like maybe to the dream boyfriend your, or ex-boyfriend that you're having, to the actual one in your dream. Write down almost a letter of, you know, when you did this, this really upset me. It made me feel this. And come from the I feel message because it sounds like what you're having is a feeling. You're waking up not feeling good. So maybe you need to write a letter to your dream, your bad dream, using your dream. And, and, and maybe you'll find some answers in there. Maybe just because the actual physical act of writing it out is good therapy, not only for your brain, but your body, because you're expelling that energy somewhere else. It's like transferring the energy to something else that by the time you're done writing this, which to anybody listening, if you ever have a fight with your mother, your husband, you go through a breakup. I actually wrote a letter to my father when he died because I didn't know how else to talk to him because I felt silly just saying it out loud because I didn't feel like he'd get the message. But writing down what I felt, sorry, what I went through, how it made me, you know, feel when he left me or, you know, every stage of grief I can maybe get through. And with the attention of giving it to him, even though we we all know that's not going to happen. It helped. It really mm-hmm. helped. How long ago did your dad pass away? Ten years ago in September, actually. Okay. Yeah. So this was this was just the process that you went through even that long ago. Twenty three. I was. I like I said. I've been in therapy for a long time. I've been going in and out of therapy since I was about twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I suffer from the unfortunate major depression, which oh, you wouldn't be able to tell. Upon meeting you. Right. And and a lot of that is what I've done and how I deal with it. Um, it doesn't always cause mood swings and it doesn't always make you feel really sad. Sometimes you just get aches in and public. Aches. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just get aches and pains and sometimes you just feel really low and you're just kind of like, oh, sometimes I'm just really, really tired. So, yeah, no, I've been dealing with therapy for a long time. So I knew the whole writing the letter, keeping dream journals, sometimes just keeping a daily journal helps. Mm-hmm. Um Especially when you're going through a breakup, and I've been through plenty of breakups. And it sounds like this is just a temporary thing, yeah. to be honest. I, I don't think that you're going to live forever going through these shitty feeling dreams from an ex. And I think that it's just part of the process that you're going through right now that uh, somebody that you've had a lasting impression with or has a lasting impression on you will have residual places in your dreams oh, yeah. and in your thoughts moving forward, and it happens. And I think that yeah. that's totally natural what you're going through. and. Hang in there. Yeah, it, it gets better. It does. Um, we just got these uh, messages on from our Rad Podcast group. Uh, this one's from Allison. She says, hey, Brandon, thank you for introducing me to Sierra. Sierra Padva is my energy worker. She does uh, the Reiki, or as Rob refers to, the Ricky Lake stuff. <laughs> um, it's energy work that helps, you know, cleanse your soul and get things moving and um, for the most part, it's just a, another alternative way of helping you feel better and, and feel more enlightened. Um, and Allison says, after hearing the podcast uh, with Sierra and your recommendation, I scheduled an appointment with her. It's been almost five years since a major loss and losing myself, putting self back together and a huge clusterfuck of emotions. I just decided it was time. <laughs> 
So I'm very excited, and thank you very much. Well, good, Allison. I'm, I, I hope that you find the clarity that you need and uh, the relief that, that you need through Sierra, because I know that it, she helped me a lot in my time of need after losing my mom and after just kind of losing my way. Um, she also helped me in uh, at the beginning of my journey of sobriety after I decided last year um, at the beginning of May of 2017 that I would take a year off of, of drinking. I went to her to kind of get some guidance and, and, you know, she not only did I go to her, but I went and saw an actual doctor and, you know, I, I had my support group help me out, but I feel like she was um, a crucial component to helping me become more enlightened and finding my way and and my journey uh, forward. And on that note, we got another message from a guy named Romel he says, I'm celebrating one year of sobriety today. Congratulations. Today. And he's looking forward to having his first drink on Friday. Well, Romel, I am very proud of you. Very good job. And it sounds like I've been getting a lot of messages from uh, listeners saying that they are, uh, they kind of took the same path that I did after I announced my one year journey of being booze free just to get the clarity. And they're all kind of starting to hit their milestones around the same time mm-hmm. that I did. And it's really cool to see and I, I know the I know the feeling you're having right now of, of just feeling really great and, and not having that weight on your shoulders or that wet brain all the time and, and just being able to have more clear cognitive thoughts and being more present for those around you. It all benefits of not drinking booze for an entire year. And I, I, I would stress anybody that feels like they have some sort of problem to do that sometime, maybe not a whole year, maybe a month at a time. Um, and also con- consult your doctor first. If you are that deep into, into alcoholism and you don't, if you, if you quit cold Turkey and you've been drinking every single day, like I was, then you'll probably kill yourself. So you want to make sure you're doing it the healthy way. Um, but I, it's great to hear all these people hitting their milestones and to Ramel's email um, that first drink, it'll be interesting to hear your reaction to that because after my first drink, after a year, I, I didn't feel the same way about booze at all. And even to this day, I think I've had probably two or three beers a weekend since that, if that, if that, since that, uh, milestone that I hit and I decided that I would only have booze on Fridays and Saturdays in the evenings when I was at home, knowing that I wasn't going anywhere, um, or on three day weekends, on three day weekends, or really special occasions. Special like occasions. that was, and he has truly stuck to that. Yeah, and it feels, it feels good to to be like, okay, it's Friday night. I know I can set a time aside and have a beer. Even when I taste that beer, it's not that good. It's it's not the same feeling that I get anymore. In fact, I, I I'm more discouraged by drinking booze now than I've ever been before because I feel like I set myself back um, in health whenever I do. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that since the beginning of May, I've been hitting the gym hard. I've been been going every single day for at least an hour and almost every day, almost every day. But if you go every day, it's super unhealthy. Yeah. I've had to tell him often like, okay, you really have to take a rest today. Like he had, we, it's a serious problem. I, I'm. Well, I think I'm getting addicted to working out. I'm, and I'm starting to get there too, especially now that I've got some things dialed in on my workout. All the metabolic stuff. Yeah, I went had science. some metabolic um, testing done, and I'm, I'm actually really excited because I'm so close. But 
am under eating, which is so silly to me. I am too. That's yeah. my oh. problem too. Oh, it drives me crazy. But the drinking part, um, we not only did we reevaluate our relationship with booze for a year, there were many times that we were presented with um, with issues that we would want to drink. Uh, you know, a fight with a family member or just Issues a bad at work day. Or like, any just bad days. And, and, you know, we both have gone through quite a few issues at work in the last couple of years, you know, both of us. It, it, so to have one year where we were faced with so much in one year's time and the fact that we cut alcohol out, I don't know if we would be where we are now or we, if we would have come as far as we did had we not because we made more progress in a year in our relationship and our life than we had in the four previous years uh, all Together. combined yeah I, I agree and i think that if if you remove whatever that is that is that's creating that toxicity in your life even though it might be something as you know trivial as booze because it's such a like it's such a behavioral thing and it's such a uh, social thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really drove us to that point Yeah, was because it was so easy to access through sure. social occasions. And because it was all a part of our social life that it was just easy t- to gravitate towards and sure. to remove that, that cancer. Cause it was, it turned, it turned into a cancer it for did. me. It did. And it, it stuck around even after our social interactions changed. So mm-hmm. we've been together for five years now, over five years. And all of our friends that we were hanging out and drinking with, literally every one of them got married last year. Mm-hmm. Everybody's starting families, you know, everybody's ch- we're growing up. Oh my God. Yeah. So when we continued to drink, but it, there was no social interaction. Like it just, it became more and more clear that we didn't need that anymore, and it wasn't helping. It was hurting. So it was, and and I also think a lot of that has to do with just the periods of where you're at in life. Yeah, because we're we're in our early thirties. We're hit. We, mm-hmm. I know when I hit my thirties, I started really thinking about my mortality, and I think yeah. a lot of people go through that at that time period that yeah. you, you start thinking, Oh, well, am I going to make it to 40? Yeah. Where am I going with my life? How important is the party versus how important is the paycheck? And, and we all kind of go through that, that internal battle of, well, I want to have fun, but I also want to be responsible and set things up for success in life. And not a lot right. of people get to that point. It's true. Um, but I think a lot of us do in our early thirties and, Unfortunately, we don't always know exactly what point that's going to be. So it's all kind of, you know, it's all kind of, uh, it's up to, it's up to you. The, 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 the age of responsibility or the age of reason, uh, it hits people at different times. And I think it hits in different stages too. It, it's not like overnight. Oh my Lord, it hit me. Mm-hmm. It's like one thing will hit you. And then when you get that in line, Another thing will hit you. And and I've always lived by the rule that if you look back on five years of your life and you're not embarrassed by something you did, you're not growing as a person. Mm-hmm. And there have all there have been a lot of instances in the last the last ten years that I've been quite embarrassed by my actions, my words, you know, and, and being able to remove something that could cause them to be worse, like alcohol, 
definitely mm. helped me do some self-reflection and go, wow, you sucked. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, it, I think putting up the mirror is one of the hardest things to do, especially in in certain cases when you have a substance abuse issue. Yeah. I, being able to confidently look in the mirror and say, wow, you have a problem and you need to do these things to make it better. Yeah. Um, that takes a lot of courage and takes a special type of person. And unfortunately, I think the only way that I got to that point was because of my support system. That's in you, Haley, or my, my coworkers or my friends or my family, the very limited family that I let into my life anymore. Um, I think that that all played crucial parts in that. So yeah, uh, Ramel, I, I'm very proud of you, and we I look forward. I'm, yes, I'm looking forward to hearing how you enjoy that first drink after the first year. And and never stop reevaluating your relationship with it. Yeah, because there's Just something keep checking in with yourself. There's something I learned that I couldn't see. Um, it makes me feel bad about myself in every mm. manner. It brings all my insecurities to the surface, like almost like somebody literally poisoned my brain, which is really what we did. So I wake up the next morning and all I can see is my imperfections and all I can do is hate myself. And so I personally am not really drinking. I think I had one cocktail this weekend and I couldn't. I yeah, couldn't I had to force it. you. I had to be like, you are you are going to have a vodka drink. I had I had basically an ounce of vodka over like four hours. Yeah, it was warm by the time I finished it. I didn't have a buzz. I didn't care for one. It wasn't worth it. Still didn't feel that great about myself the next day. So, yeah, I just I'm over it. I'm yeah, over it. Me too. I'll smoke a bowl. That's right. I'd rather get high. <laughs> All right. Uh, this last email that I have is uh, from a no-name male, um, which is going to be important to this email. Okay. Um, he says, I'd like to have my name withheld. My problem is a while back, my wife and I had an open relationship, had an open relationship and we are both bisexual. I was on a I was on Grinder, which is a gay dating app, which is just a way for guys to to meet other guys. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a hookup app. Um, and he met a I met a guy on there who introduced me to the sissy lifestyle. And since then, it has brought back feelings I haven't had in a very long time. Okay, Are you, do you know what a, the sissy lifestyle is? I imagine it's like the twink, the much more uh, submissive male role. Yes, yeah. and also. Um, very submissive to the point where you are being, um, uh, I don't want to say demoralized or demeaned, but we're not BDSM. No, but it's more like you will, you will obey my commands. You will wear women's clothing. All right. You will, you know, wear, you'll do these things under my command because you are my sissy boy. Right. Um, basically. Um, and he says, it has brought back feelings like I should be a girl. Some days I feel like I should be a woman and other days I don't. And it has caused me to go into depression because it's all so confusing. And I don't know who I am anymore. I love my wife. She means the world to me. She means the world to me, but I don't want to lose her. And I do end up, if I do end up being transgender. Now that's all he writes. Um, so it sounds like it's not just this this instance of you hanging out with the, or meeting the guy on the on the gay dating app and being introduced reintroduced to the sissy lifestyle. I think you've always had this, and it's just kind of resurfaced 
because of this interaction. Have you talked to your wife about this? Is she, um, she clearly she's comfortable with your sexuality that, and you guys are in an quote unquote open relationship. But what does that mean? Does that mean that you're able to uh, explore these things with these other guys? Or are you doing this behind her back? Um, Which right there in and of itself is a communication issue that you need to work out with your spouse. But if you are truly confused about your gender identity, then this isn't something that some wacky radio producer and his wife is going to be <laughs> able to solve on a on a podcast. Um, this this is a serious issue. It's something that shouldn't be taken lightly, and I think that it's something you need to explore. And I don't know exactly where you're writing from, but if you are in the Sacramento area, there is a uh, LGBT community center that you can visit, that they have uh, free resources for people just like you who are confused and might be able to point you in the right direction of where you need to be. Um, and their website, super easy to get to. It's called saccenter.org. That's S-A-C-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Or you just Google Sacramento LGBT Community Center. And it's all anonymous and it's all there for you uh, to help you and help guide you in whichever direction you need to be taken into. And and maybe you'll realize that, okay, yeah, this is just a phase. This is just something that I'm into. Or yes, I'm really feeling like I'm a man trapped in a woman's body or a man, a woman trapped in a man's body. And I need to uh, figure out what my next stage in life is. And hopefully that will be a good resource for you. But um Haley, what do you think? Well, I think that you have an added benefit that you mentioned your wife was also bisexual. Um, I think that if anybody's going to understand, it is going to be your wife. And, you know, I know that as a spouse, coming from a spouse point of view, uh, she probably knows a little bit more about you than you may realize. She may know that these are something, this is something important to you. It may be easier to talk to her than you realize. I think that... Um, there's been a lot of times where Brandon has, has talked to me about something that I clearly could pick up on, but, um, he didn't necessarily want to come out and say it. And it, you know, you have to be able to trust that you have a safe space with your wife. Um, and if you have an open relationship with her or you had an open relationship with her, it sounds like you both have fairly good trust and communication skills. And I feel like that you could get this through, um, so I would like to put myself in your position in the sense that if um, now I've always joked that I'm a gay man trapped in a woman's body. And there's a couple of reasons for that, because I am I call myself strictly dickly. I am not a bisexual woman. I don't sleep with other women. I don't like to be with other women. So quit asking. Yeah. Can you not? <laughs> it's never going to happen. I'll never say never. Yeah. No, I've been there, done that. Not going to happen. That's again. what she says. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not interested um, in it, but if it were Brandon and he came to me and said, I, you know, I'm, I feel like I want to be a woman. Honestly, I love him. I would support him and I would still be with him and I would find a way to make it work because he's my husband, because out of everything, the sex is eventually going to end. 
it's I know at some point in our relationship, one of us is going to break a hip in about 40 to 50 (laughs) years. Yeah. Yeah. But at some point it can happen, you know, so you have to you have to be able to remove other elements from your relationship to see if it can still work. Can I remove the sex from my relationship and still have intimacy? Absolutely. So I I think that Brandon's suggestion of of going to the LGBTQ. LGBTQ, however many LGBT community center. Yeah, there's so many letters in that one now. Keeps Um, growing. It does. It does. And you know, my my sister is gay. I have gay uncles. It's not something that I'm not familiar with. I've uh, I've seen people go through transitions, and um, you know, it's a beautiful thing when they find themselves. But you've got to start the conversation with your wife because maybe you find. Getting it out and saying it out loud will squash some of that fear that you have that maybe that's what you're supposed to be. Maybe you just go, oh, okay, maybe I just really like this. It just it sounds like just general confusion right now, mm-hmm. which is okay. It's normal. Which which can be cleared up by communication, yes. which seems to be the hardest part. Always is. Especially with these sensitive issues between spouses. Um, but, you know, they're... they're the reason why you, you are with somebody and you start a relationship like this with somebody is that so you can be open yeah. about these things. Because what, why journey in this life alone in your own thoughts and your own turmoil if you don't have that support group or that person in your life that you love that's going to help you figure these things out? Because you, you don't come preloaded in a relationship already figured it out. No, God, no. If we did, then there would be no divorce. There would be no, there would be no struggles in relationships. It'd be so boring. It would be boring. Jerry Springer wouldn't exist. And who wants that? Nobody wants a world without Jerry Springer. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. And so I think that you're, you're in a prime position, especially since you have a, a spouse, significant other that's open to these, this lifestyle idea and is is also fluently sexual as you. Um, and I think that if you just communicate with her, maybe she will be able to help. But if you're not ready there yet, please reach out to the LGBT community. Uh, I'm only referencing Sacramento because that's the area that we're primarily in. And if you're in the Reno area, um, feel free to email me and I'll, I'll do the research for you. But if you just search LGBT community center or support groups, I guarantee you, you will find uh, a safe place for you to go. I think that's going to do it for us today. Are you sure? Yeah, unless you get, I'm done with emails, unless you got something that you want to throw out there. I just have those awful intellectual questions like, um, what have you given up on in life? What have I given up on in life? I, I give up on myself a lot. I do. And I know that's like one of my biggest flaws. But I am such a perfectionist and I get down on myself so much that I give up. I get I give up hope on myself like, ah, oh, fuck it. Somebody else can do this better than me. Just fuck it. I'm done. This is stupid. That I why can't I do this? Because I completely fail. I no matter how little it is, like uh, if it's just something like I forget to bring my vitamins to work with me or something. I think, fuck, I'm so stupid. Why the fuck did I do that? Like, and I, I know this is, this is so dumb and this is not, 
I, I don't know how to fix it, but I give up on myself so easily because I expect nothing but perfection. And I think it's gotten worse since I've been booze free. It's so hard being his wife sometimes just because not only do I fear his need for perfection, but I, what he's talking about is you're right. You give up on yourself and you take responsibility for things that are completely out of your control that you should never have taken responsibility for. But then I run through my mind, well, if I had done this or had I done something else differently, then it, then it wouldn't woulda. have happened. I know. I play that game all the time because I know it could have been avoidable had I just done something a different way. But we don't live in should land. Okay, I know, Rob. Thank <laughs> you very much. That's a therapist thing. Yeah. Um. All right. What makes you smile? You make me smile. Oh. My animals make me smile. That's true. The music makes me smile. The the stars make me smile. Um I don't know. A lot of things make me smile. I smile a lot. Other people smiling makes me smile. Yeah, it's contagious. It is. That's how I got rid of my resting bitch face. You know? So I started walking around just smiling at everybody, and then it just kind of began. I was like, everybody's so nice. Yeah. Oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that helps. I think yeah. I think if you just put that out there, because your attitude is everything. Oh, totally. If you totally. walk around, grumpy all the time. I don't want to face the world at all. I just want to be grumpy. Well, then go hide, because the world doesn't want you either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly how you're going to be treated. But yep. I think if you just smile all the time, even if it, it hurts, you'll you'll find yourself being in a better mood. Okay, I have, I have some fun ones, real quick. Okay, real quick. All right, if you received enough money to do whatever you wanted for the rest of your life, how would you spend your time doing it? I had enough money to spend. Money was no object. You could do anything you wanted. Man, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Because I could go the destructive route and I could be like, I want to go party and just blow it all on hookers and blow and buy and yourself concerts and Yeah. <laughs> but that sounds like so much work. It does. I feel like I would I feel like I would do something in order to just make myself comfortable. I'd probably buy a little area on a beach in Hawaii mm. that just kind of was to myself. And then I'd figure out how to get access to all the things that I'd want, like specific types of foods or drinks that you can't necessarily get access to from by like normal people. So I'd probably have like my own drone delivery system. <laughs> Um, and then with the rest of the money, I'd probably, uh, do something with charity. Like I'd probably give it to animal centers. Yeah, there's and... no fine, there's no finite amount of money in this question. Yeah. So, so. It, that's why it's tough. Like I, I want to be, I want to be all kumbaya and say that I'd, I'd help the planet somehow, but I don't think that any amount of money is going to help or change the way that we see the world or the way that people treat the world. Yeah, that's so, a better I, way of saying it, the way that people treat the world it would have, and each other. It would have to be a community thing. Like, I would have to give back to some sort of community mm-hmm. to, to feel better about what it is that I'm doing selfishly on my own in my little community island place. But at the same time, I don't want to be taking it all for me. Right, right. Uh, no, I get it. It's kind of a lame answer. It wasn't a lame answer. I think it, it says a lot about you. It says a lot about, you know... You like to maybe be a little more isolated from people, but you also want to help. Yeah. And you want to help where it counts. That's true. You 
yes, of course, you you we all want to save the world, but we don't know how to save the world. None of us knows how to save the world. We know how to save ourselves. Is that what is that what's best for the world too? Like right. saving it? Is that what exactly right. what needs to be done? We we sit around and we go, oh, these poor starving children in Africa. Okay, yeah, there are, but. Who's to say that they want to come over here and live this life? Right. The, I, there, I have my days where I would much rather be a tribe member somewhere in Africa where I don't have the responsibility of paying taxes or, you know, dealing with social interactions on a scale that we have in the U.S. I would much rather just be like, oh, titties are free and all I got to worry <laughs> about is food and feeding this little baby. Like mm. when you it to be able to put your your perspective in a different way of of thinking you know just because it's the life that you want doesn't necessarily mean it's the life that they want so do we need to fix the world no that's not on your shoulders do we need titties to be free yes free the titties we need to free the titties (laughs) and on that note this is going to do it for the rad broadcast this time you can email us at rad radradio.com i want to thank my lovely co-host for this week my wife you're welcome. Mrs. Thank Brandon. You. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Now, free those titties. Woo! Namaste, bitches. The Rad 